Does the word Bufflias ring a bell with you? If it doesn't, I'm sure it does because you are smart. If it doesn't, I know the news cycle has been running really fast. If it doesn't, let me give you some hints. So let me first say Jammu and Kashmir. Then I can say Rajauri and Punch. Then I can say Surankot, 48 Rashtriya Rifles, D Defense Minister, Raksha Mantri, Rajnath Singh. I know by this time the picture is clear to you. Bufflias generally is the dateline that's been most in news among the rare, almost never heard of datelines been, that's been dominating the news cycle for the past week or so ever since the, those unfortunate incidents. The sad incidents, first of all the ambush of a two-vehicle Indian Army convoy, we can call it a two-vehicle movement, a convoy, but two vehicles uh, were ambushed by terrorists. Somewhere near there, just a couple of kilometers away from this small town in the Rajauri Punch area of Jammu and Kashmir, of the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir. That convoy was ambushed, four soldiers were killed, at least two bodies were beheaded, decapitated and mutilated. It caused a great deal of anger. After that, after that, the army, the same unit carried out investigations there and also arrested picked up a lot of people. There, there were cases of torture and killing. So, three civilians there died. Three civilians there died and the videos of how they were treated, including how they, be, they were being tortured, how chili powder was being thrown on their wounds and on their bare bodies, all of that, all of that became public. Those videos went viral, not just in India, Pakistan or other parts of the region but also globally that became an embarrassment for sure and that is something on which the print also spoke editorially you can see our 50 word edit uh, on your screens now that happened the interesting thing is and the important thing is and a good thing is that in this case government of india actually acted with great degree of alacrity they acted with alacrity there was not none of the usual defensiveness never mind some stuff on twitter i still can't get myself to call it x right in fact people say x earlier known as twitter i'd rather say twitter lately renamed as x so as you would expect some twitter warriors came up and said but what about this and what about this the usual what about restarted it very soon also died out for the simple reason that you could see and we can now say that it did not get any fuel from the establishment, from the government. Because in this case, the response from the government was of a very different kind, qualitatively different and I would say qualitatively enormously better, enormously good in the sense that immediately an officer of the rank of brigadier, a submarine brigadier and sector commander in this case, he was removed and he was removed and he was sent to attachment. It's not as if he was transferred. Attachment means he will now be sitting at, at the headquarters, probably core headquarters, waiting or participating in the inquiries that go on. Police registered an FIR for murder, murder of these three people. The army said, army issued a formal statement saying that they will, they will cooperate. And the brigadier sent to attachment, by the way, Brigadier Acharya, he also happens to be the brother of a very illustrious Indian soldier and war hero. His brother, Major Padmapani Acharya, you might remember, was the hero of the war in Kargil, the hero of Tololing, and was awarded a posthumous Mahavir Chakra. Government of India also made similar statements that 
every level and not just that on top of it while the army commander etc all visited another brigadier serving brigadier visited the village met the families of these victims the center also the center also moved in and we saw raksha mantri rajnath singh not just going to jammu or to udhampur but actually going right up to or or going to nagrota the core headquarters but actually go up to bafliyas the village and meet the families of this villagers these unfortunate villagers and promise them justice also he gave a sermon sermon to the army to behave professionally now that is not something you see usually hap happening in kashmir because kashmir valley particularly at valiant areas around the valley where terrorism has been active where infiltration has been active as it's been in the punch rajouri area area particularly in the punch surankot area because that's very thickly forested in any of these incidents we have not seen this kind of response from government of india so what happened in this case that is what we are trying to understand in this episode of cut the clutter what's happened in this case is that this has really cut into modi government's larger strategy for jammu and kashmir jammu and kashmir is headed for elections now there will be lok sabha elections and then as the supreme court has set the date of september 30 there will also be assembly elections whether a state full statehood is declared by then or not chances are it will be although there are no guarantees you can also hold elections in a union territory you can constitute an assembly in a union territory also but we are hoping that they will be they will be statehood by then nevertheless what is the politics what is the politico military strategy that modi government has been following because after changing the status of kashmir on of jammu and kashmir on august 5 2019 there has to be a follow up plan and one of those part essential part of that follow up plan is to win over many sections of society in this new union territory or what used to be the bulk of the population of jammu and kashmir and there as far as the hindus of jammu are concerned the bjp has less to worry about also in terms of the larger indian interest in the region and the larger indian hold over the region there is not that is not a cause for concern the concern if at all first of all it came from the muslim population because the pakistanis called that's the reason the pakistanis called jammu and kashmir unfinished business of partition because they say this is a muslim majority state should have naturally come to pakistan that's why they call it the unfinished business of partition the second is important thing is that even among the muslim population the muslims of the kashmir valley and the muslims of you can say you can call them peripheral mountainous areas or you can call it the mountainous districts which includes in terms of the population density which includes significantly the districts of rajouri and punch now districts of rajouri and punch have a large muslim majority they have they have a sub <coughs> substantial number of number of hindu population their hindus have not emptied out as they did in the kashmir valley in any case the percentage of hindus in these districts was higher than in kashmir valley at any point of time but even now 60 to 70% if not more in the case of punch the population of these districts is muslim that population has by and large shown indian national commitment and they have not been they have not been co-opted by the by the separatist elements that is the reason there is this clear distinction between the mindset of the 
existing mindset of in, in the Kashmir Valley and in this mountainous districts, particularly particularly Rajori and Punch. So what has the BJP try, been trying to do? BJP has been trying to further cement their ties with the communities, Muslim communities, majority Muslim communities in these districts. These communities, bulk of them happen to be either Gujar Bakarwals, who are well-known tribals, Gujar Bakarwals. Bakarwals in particular are nomadic tribals. As the name indicates, Bakar comes from Bakri, so they are goat herds. Uh, they go, they, they can go sometimes hundreds of kilometers in search for pastures, as, as nomadic tribes do, and most of them still follow the nomadic way of life. That is the Gujar Bakarwals. The other large community in these areas is the Pahadis. The Pahadis or the hill people, quite literally, until now were not qualified, were not defined as scheduled tribes. BJP government has now given them scheduled tribe status. Now, two things have happened as a result of that. One, because they get the scheduled tribe status, so immediately there was some consternation among Gujar Bakrwal that there's only that many seats or that many facilities that are available to us as scheduled tribes. Now, there will be more competition for that. Just to understand this better, if you look at the population, Gujar Bakarwals together are about 34 lakh people. 24 lakh Gujar, 10 lakh Bakrawals, about 34 lakh people overall. Pahadis, on the other hand, are about a million people. I am now extrapolating because the only numbers available to us are the 2011 census. So I am generously extrapolating on that so that we may err on the side of, of the numbers being estimated higher instead of lower and that's the reason that's the reason i have rounded them off so 34 lakhs they think oh now another 1 million will be added so that is the one aspect of it the other aspect is that so far jammu and kashmir assembly did not have a reservation for scheduled tribes so they felt unrepresented or at least they've now been reminded that they felt unrepresented so after the delimitation in the new 90-member assembly that will emerge after the, after the delimitation, which has been done under J Justice Ranjana Desai Prakash, under that, 9 of the 90, that is 10% of all seats in Jammu and Kashmir assembly, will be reserved for scheduled tribes. And that is where these communities will benefit. That is the reason because the BJP government has reached out so aggressively and so ambitiously to these communities this has been, this initiative has been very, very critical for them in their own plans for Kashmir's future, for Jammu and Kashmir's future. And that's where this loss of goodwill with these populations, the army's response to this, to this ambush, because after all the ambush was carried out either by Pakistanis or people who are aligned fully with the Pakistanis, trained by the Pakistanis, most likely by Pakistani infiltrators. Why punish the local population like this? Why punish, why punish any human beings like this? Why punish any fellow Indians like this? But in this case also, why punish people of the Gujar Bakarwal community like this? Because they, if anything, are quote-unquote, I I'm not sure that's the correct word to use or that's the ideal word to use. They are, quote-unquote, that, that's the reason I'm putting quote marks. They are, quote-unquote, a loyal population. So why alienate a loyal population? Once again, to understand the strategic importance of this, quote-unquote, loyal population, 
we again have to go back to ge geography. Geography and a little bit of history. The town of Bufflias, the town of Bufflias cannot be more than 10,000 people. Once again, 2011 census puts the number of people at Bufflias only at 6,294. So, maybe 10,000, maybe 11,000 in those parts, in remote mountains, that looks like a lot of people, right? The incident, this ambush took place about a couple of kilometers away from there. Again, a small, small, small little place called Deraki Gali. That's how places are named in the mountains. It's either Gali or Dara, like that. For example, the high pass in, on Pirpat Panjal range, the Pir Panjal Pass, that's also called Pirki Gali. That Pirki Gali, in fact, is a very famous and well-known well uh, tourist, tourist resort. It's also been famous since Mughal times, but I will talk about that. I will talk about that and the mention of that in Mughal times also brings me to the, to the, to the point of the Mughal road. Now, Bufflias, that's the reason I said we have to, to understand the importance of what has happened and to understand the alacrity and the urgency and the almost the self-righteous anger with which the government has responded to this, which is atypical of any Indian government in response to any such incident in Kashmir. It is not the first such, but this kind of intense reaction to understand that and to understand the strategic message there, we have to, we have to first get, get a sense of the geography and history as well. Bufflias, Bufflias, Bufflias is like the mouth or the beginning of what used to be called or what's been called for nearly 400 years the Mughal road. Now, Mughal road is a path that Emperor Akbar, after Akbar conquered Kashmir, you know, the Mughal power was concentrated in Punjab, in Lahore. So, Mughal power had three cities, essentially, Delhi, Agra and Lahore. So, after conquering Kashmir, he opened a route from Lahore, from Punjab, from, his, from the heart of his empire in the northwestern plains, to Kashmir and that route was opened through, through Rajauri and Punch and then going over the Pir Panjal range, over the Pir Panjal Pass or Pir, or Pir Ki Gali into Shopian and that was the shortest route between the plains and Kashmir. Now in the course of time, this became an often used road because Akbar was not that much of a shaukeen but Jahangir was much more of a shaukeen, colorful character. So then Mughals also wanted ice in Delhi or ice in Lahore. You know, there were no freezers those days and no refrigerators those, those days. So ice also was then carted. It was carted by horse cart and other such, other sub, such methods all the way from Kashmir into the plains. And that's how these became very frequently used paths and this road came to be known as Mughal Road. Even now on the road, Mughal Road, you can find old sarais that were built by the Mughals for their convoys, for their caravans to rest. And you can see some of these. I, can, I will share the odd picture with you if, if, if you can find it. Now this road, successive governments in India have been trying to revive, trying to rebuild. What happens if this road gets rebuilt? If this road gets rebuilt, Again, see the map and you will understand the picture better. If this road gets rebuilt, in fact, the road has been rebuilt. And that's the issue. The road has been rebuilt, but it's not being used fully because of the fear of terrorists. And that is the reason you see frequent strikes in this area. And most likely, that is the reason we have seen this strike also, also at Deraki Gali near Bufflias as well. Because the terrorists want to give a message that this highway, the Mughal road is not safe. 
what is the implication of this Mughal road becoming a safe, reliable road and a safe, reliable road that civilians, that trade traffic, that fruit trucks, that everybody could use. This road alone reduces the distance between say Rajori Punch and, and Srinagar and Kashmir Valley by more than 400 kilometers. In fact, if you count carefully by 462 kilometers, it's that much. The current distance and see how you travel currently. You start, you start from Srinagar, you come right, you, right up to Kazigund, then into Manihal Pass, Manihal Tunnel, then go towards, the, go, go towards the Jammu side, all the way into Jammu, again start climbing north, and then you come to Rajori and Punch. That's almost like that is akin to taking a train ride, for example, from Kolkata into Tripura, right? I mean, that's a much longer route, but I'm just using that to explain to you that if you do, did that entirely through Indian territory, you will come to Siliguri, then you will go into Assam, uh, then you will go all through a Brahmaputra Valley, then come to Silchar and then come all the way past Kachar and past all of Tripura into Agartala. If you could do it through Bangladesh, it will be, it, be less than less than one fourth or maybe even less of the distance. So that is the kind of distance, uh, that is the kind of difference this makes. Today, you have to go around this. If this Mughal road is functional or is reliable, people can trust it, it can just go like this. So the difference is on the one side is 588 kilometers. If you use the Mughal road, it's only 126 kilometers. It's dramatic. This is the road that Sheikh Abdullah in 1979 decided to revive. It was a good idea. He decided to revive it. Immediately, it, it got into resistance because you know that people, that forces on the other side did not want it. Forces on the other side also had their proxies on this side. So this stopped. This construction started again in the course of time. There were many plans made out in the course of time. The construction started in 2005, it stopped again, 2005 it came in and then immediately at 2005 as the construction started, there was a judicial challenge. So a conservation trust went to Supreme Court, one saying that this is going to damage a lot of the heritage structures and second also saying that snowfall comes here very soon, so this is not going to be very useful, why are we sinking so much money into it? So what happened? Supreme Court finally cleared it conditionally, but in the process, a lot of the time was consumed. In any case, construction began again. In the course of time, a bridge at Bufflias, remember Bufflias is the place, a bridge at Bufflias was also blown up by terrorists because the powers that be on the other side, on the other side of the Kashmir divide, let me just say, did not want this road to become functional again because once again, if it becomes functional again, then the distance between Rajori and Punch and the Kashmir Valley goes down by 460 odd kilometers from 588 to 126. So effectively the basic work on the, on the Mughal, High, Mughal road or the Mughal highway that was completed by 2008. Again it got delayed, the opening got delayed because of the Amarnath land route. So there was a big controversy in the valley over allocation of land for the Amarnath Shrine. That led to the designation of Chief Minister, the Congress Chief Minister, Gulam Rabi Azad. And remember, the Mughal road was a, was a pet project. Most of the final work on the Mughal road was completed in his time. In 2009, nevertheless, 
in 2009 the road was op opened ceremonially at least for mlas officials visiting press parties to see it but it never really became commercially viable for the simple reason that it was seen to be too unsafe why was it seen to be unsafe that's because terrorists were spread out in that area it's once again understanding geography and i will share with you the link of an earlier episode of kartak clutter i had done on this region you will see that if you check out that link you will see the geography of the region the geography of the region is such that the area in control of pakistan on the other side is more or less flat it's more or less flat or sub mountain from there to the line of actual control again is flat or or sub mountain it's forested but flat sub mountain you can cross it provided you are not caught you can cross it but if you can cross it it's risky to cross it but if you can cross it then you can quickly quickly get into the thickest forests of the surankot tehsil there it's very difficult to find anybody there are large patches of surankot forests where no patrol from indian army has ever gone because they are just too thickly forested that is where terrorists go and hide and then they tried to melt into peer panjal ranges again totally uninhabited it's very difficult to catch them it's very difficult to find anybody who doesn't want to be found and then they can they can follow the routes and passes and gullies generally along this old alignment of the mogal road and come into the valley so that's a favorite route of infiltration forever but so while your ultimate aim may be to infiltrate into the valley you can also cause chaos or keep insecurity along the mogal road and that's the reason the mogal road has not been fully functional some odd trucks travel there or some escorted vehicles travel there but in this case by hitting two military vehicles like this terrorists have given a message to everybody that look if military vehicles are not safe here how can a convoy say a convoy of fruit trucks even if escorted by the armed forces how can that be safe so that is what the terrorists are trying to do in case you are wondering where this strange sounding name comes from bufflias so the legend has it that this is named after alexander's horse it looks like alexander fought many of his battles in the same general area abutting river jhelum and it's somewhere here or not far away from here that is horse his legendary horse bessephalus died and a legend developed that the horse died near where this village is located and the village was named after the horse bessephalus which over time also got corrupted or modified into bufflias true or not i don't know but that's the legend now you would expect that terrorists and their controllers handlers on the pakistani side they understand the indian strategic interest in this road more importantly now anybody who knows a little bit of little bit of politics also knows what modi government and what the bjp government they are trying to do in kashmir because what they are trying to also do is they are trying to redesign the politics or the political demography of jammu and kashmir of the new state that will come into being and that's been done through the delimitation exercise so i told you that in the delimitation exercise 10% seats are reserved now for scheduled tribes which was not the case earlier there were no seats reserved for scheduled tribes earlier the other thing that's being done is that some constituencies are being redrawn among the key constituencies to be redrawn is anantnag so when you think of anantnag you think of 
Kashmir Valley because Anantnag is the home of the Mufti family. Mufti Muhammad Sayyid was MP from there. Last last time in Lok Sabha election, Mahbuba Mufti contested from there, although she lost. She was defeated by Justice Hasnan Masoodi of National Conference. The important thing is that the voting percentage, the voting percentage in, in Anantnag was just 8.76%. So these were constituency in which very little voting took place. The voting on the other side, for example, in the Jammu constituency to which Rajauri and Punch district belong, also the Tehsil of Surankot, their voting percentages were like voting percentages anywhere in India. That is despite the fact that, that Rajauri and Punch have a large Muslim majority, but these, these districts had 70% plus voting. Now, see this article that I am sharing with you by my old colleague Pranab Dal Samanta in the Economic Times. This highlights this particular point. In fact, even I got this wisdom after reading this article. That where the Mughal road begins, say from the northwestern side at Bafliyas, right? The, the Tehsil there, the Tehsil there had a 77% voting rate. 77% people voted in the 2019 Lok Sabha election. Where the road ends after 84 kilometers, Mughal road is only 84 kilometers. Where the road ends in Shopian, that voting percentage came down to 3%. So this link, this road also links the two political demographies, two completely distinct political demographies of Kashmir. One in the valley, the other in the mountains. In the new delimitation now, Anantna constituency has lost most of the Shopian district. In fact, barring one subdivision, they've lost, that's Zanapura, they've lost all of the Shopian district. It's gone elsewhere. Whereas Anantnag, the new constituency, Lok Sabha constituency of Anantnag, now has Rajauri and Punch. These have been taken out of the Jammu constituency, which means next time there is an election, Lok Sabha election, for Anantnag constituency, a large number of votes will come or voters will come from Rajauri and Punch, which will have two impacts. One, the overall voting percentage in the seat will go up. Second, Second, the presumption that only a valley politician will win this seat, Anantang seat, that pres presumption will no longer be true. And, and besides this, and I am deliberately not listing it as a third possibility because there is speculation in this. The third thing would be that a lot of the voters in the valley might think that, look, I may decide not to go for, to vote. But if I don't go to vote and all, the, all these guys on the Rajori Punch side come in to vote, then their candidate will win. So it may give some impetus also to voters in the valley, in the valley side of Anantnag, the new Anantnag constituency, also to vote. In any case, this is a very ambitious exercise in managing electoral demographics for the elections and through that managing and balancing Jammu and Kashmir's politics. Now, when you combine all of that and with that read the fact that one act of indiscretion or irresponsibility or alleged indiscretion or alleged irresponsibility by some units of the army that it has alienated one set of Muslim population in Jammu and Kashmir Union territory. Then you can understand why the central government has acted with such alacrity and such firmness in this case.